Welcome to the Founding Mothers Podcast, where we're imagining new ways of living with one another and our planet. I'm your host, Emily Race. Today's conversation is with Tamara Iglesias. Tamara is the founder of Wellynest, a conscious parenting coaching brand that's dedicated to raising whole beings from the very beginning through the conscious parent's own self-healing journey home. Many of us come from that top-down parenting. You'll do this because I said so. You'll respect me because I said so. You'll listen to me because I said so. Versus what about you're going to listen to me because I've listened to you your whole life. You're going to respect me because I've respected you on the deepest level. That is the only energy you know in how to respect another person. Her mission is to shift the way children are raised by bringing the awareness of self into parenting along with childhood trauma, limiting beliefs, ancestral wounds, and more. As parents, when you heal yourself, you can heal your children and ultimately heal the world. Tamara's own healing journey has inspired this elevated conscious parenting approach for families to shift their relationship to themselves and their children like she's doing every day with her own little girl. Welcome, Tamara. I'm so happy to have you with me for this conversation. We've known each other for some time, and I think the listeners are going to really benefit from all that you have to offer. So thank you for being here. Of course. Thank you for having me. Such an honor and a pleasure. So do you mind starting by sharing a bit about who you are and also what Wellynest is, the work that you're doing? Yeah. So... I'm a divine being. I'm a mama. Um, I'm a solo mama. Um, and my, um, I have an eight-year-old, almost nine-year-old little girl who is the light of my life and my divine teacher and actually the inspiration behind my company, Wellynest. So Wellynest is a conscious parenting coaching brand. Um, and really, as much as that is the brand, what it is behind it, what conscious parenting is from my work and my perspective, it's the journey home. It's the journey home to ourselves. It's coming back into the remembrance of who we truly are. It's remembering our worth. It's coming back into our wholeness. It's realizing that we are worthy because we exist, you know, and feeling safe to trust ourselves, respect ourselves, honor ourselves, support ourselves. And then through this embodiment of our own self-healing journey, we gift this to our children through the raising of their wholeness, through the raising of their authentic selves, through removing the old paradigms of discipline, guilt, shame um, in parenting to shift to a new paradigm where we are empowering our children to stay in the remembrance of who they truly are so that they can step into and stay really in their highest expression of their whole self, their soul self. Um, And then I give tools along the way, like what does respectful parenting look like? What do healthy boundaries look like? How do you cultivate independent play? How do you have a healthy relationship to your own nervous system to help with the the regulation and the growth of your child's nervous system Um, and all the things in between the brain development, um, the conscious language, the Um, how are we programming the neuropathways in our child's brain so that they have the mantras of liberating belief systems? I am worthy. I, you know, I am valid. I am significant. I am lovable. 
in, you know, running on repeat versus I'm not good enough. I'm never going to make it. I'm a failure. I can't do it. They can do it better, you know? And, and I look at these big universal belief systems that we have, like that girls are cute and boys can't cry and you're not worthy if you don't do this much. And I shatter those. And then I give my families the tools to, to, shift the entire foundation of belief systems so that they are liberating, right? So they are connect source and divine truth, because that's essential. We all have a divine truth. Like we know what the truth of like mama earth and the universe is, is. And so we're just coming back. The greatest compliments I've ever received from my, my clients are Tamara, when you speak it, awakens of remembrance within my being that I know is there and I just forgot. Mm -hmm. So it's these, these teachings, I don't claim them as mine. Uh, They come through me through my own self-healing journey to be connected to this universal divine truth. And then I get to be an expression and embodiment of to teach this and model this and be this in my own life. Mm, oh my gosh. I mean, I have, I feel like the reverberations of that remembrance, like as you're sharing it, I'm like, oh my gosh, how impactful that can be for the future generations, the generations that are being born today and, and recently. And, um, and what's interesting is I had a conversation recently on this podcast with someone about inheritance and like what we inherit. And here you are giving this gift of inheriting something better and bigger <laughs> about like r- remembering who we are and, and having children understand that from the beginning. Um, so, so powerful. I'm really curious, like you kind of touched on it, but what has been your journey to this work? And you mentioned your daughter, your own um, kind of spiritual journey, I guess you could describe it, but what else kind of filled, colored that journey? Yeah. Um, I mean, the biggest influence of this work has been my own healing journey, you know, like my spiritual journey to coming back home to myself. I had a pretty intense childhood, a pretty painful childhood, a good amount of trauma and abuse. And, um, it was through healing that, that, um, that was the inspiration that I wanted to gift this freedom to as many other beings as possible. And, So my life kind of crashed and burned at 19. So my whole life, you know, from like a straight A high school student to a scholarship college athlete, like, you know, from the outside looking in, it was like, whoa, great, epic life. And then boom, like all the pain and trauma and suffering just like bubbled up at 19. And that's where it crashed and burned. And I got to, and I was always different. Mm. You know, I was different. I asked questions that, you know, my friends weren't asking. I came home. I would cry to my mother from feeling like this heaviness in my body of not under, like even when people were unkind, like I felt it in my body. I was this little like empathic psychic being that grew up in a family that didn't know how to cultivate that as well. And experiencing all the abuse and the trauma. Um, and I am so grateful for all of that. I fully feel that that was my journey. I chose this. I chose to repeat this last cycle of abuse in my lineage, in my family to break the cycle. And I even had like a psychic intuitive download when I was still working on wall street that, you know, I was in meditation and the message came through, you're having a little girl. 
if you don't heal the cycle of abuse, you're going to pass it on to her. Mm-hmm. Now's the time. Mm-hmm. And that was four years before she was, I'm getting goosebumps. Yeah. That was four years before she was born. So I had been doing, working on my own self-healing all through, you know, from 19 to 20s. But I got this message at like 28 or something. So it was like four years before Scarlett was born, 29, maybe even. And I was like, okay, it's go time. And that's when I went for the deeper work you know, what's underneath, you know, there's, there's the work on the outside, you know, whatever we're healing from. And then as you peel those layers away, you get closer and closer to those roots. And then when you're able to pull up the roots and really be like, no more, this will not live in my family. This will not live in my lineage. This will not go on for generations. It stops here. And that in so many of those like familial cycles, that's, that was my work. And I feel so grateful. And people look at me like, wait, you've forgiven your abuser. You're grateful for them. You have love for them, for everyone that's caused. I'm like, yeah. And that's such a deep part of the work that I do as well. Forgiveness work. It is, that is the gateway to freedom. It is absolutely the gateway to freedom. Like when we go deep, it comes back to forgiveness because ultimately we forgive other people in our life to forgive ourselves for the role that we've played, that we needed them to play to ultimately forgive ourselves. So it's like a three-tier forgiveness process. <laughs> three-tier forgiveness process. I mean, <laughs> but yeah, it's so true. Like, cause I can, I can visualize it as you're <clears throat> describing that, like to break this cycle, like forgiveness is a new energy, a new element brought into the cycle to kind of heal it. Otherwise it is repetitive. It has kind of all of the same stuff in it. And, and I also got chills when you described like kind of this download you received years before your daughter even arrived, because I, I share a similar experience. I, when I initially met you years ago, I was on a healing path around my eating disorder and I am so clear now that like that created the space for me to be a mother and then for her to show up. So um, I just wanted to touch on that. I think it's it's really powerful when we have the ability to like listen to these messages that we're receiving and to trust mm-hmm. them and, and how they all connect <laughs> at some point down the line. Yeah. So Yeah, yeah. And our children, they can be our teachers and our healers. You know, like you and I had a similar but different journey. You know, I had an eating disorder from 12 to 19, hence my life falling apart. And I had healed from the eating disorder, um, yet there was still like a tiny bit of this emotional eating going on in my being um, before I was pregnant. And the moment I got pregnant, everything aligned in my body. It just disappeared. It was like having, you know, my girl's soul in my being and having her like, it just changed because the the focus, I, I don't even know what it was, but all of a sudden it was like, I'm having a little girl. My thoughts, my words, my actions are going to create the way she thinks and feels about herself. I will not, you know, self-hate myself. I will not self-sabotage myself. I will not be against myself anymore. I will look in the mirror and see the magic and the beauty of the being that I am. And my gift was, I didn't look like anyone in my family growing up. The joke was I was adopted. And here I birth a daughter who looks almost exactly like me. She does. Talk about forced into the self-love healing journey. Like she's divine magic. Mm -hmm. So I had to come back into the remembrance of so am I. Mm. 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 (laughs) (laughs) you know it's beautiful and when we do that 
you know, this is such a powerful message for mothers with daughters. You know, the way you look at yourself, your self-talk, they feel us more than they hear us and see us. They, especially our young children, you know, when they're nervous, we're still connected, you know, like you and your girl, do you, do you say her name yeah. online? Okay. You and Noah, you know, are so, I, I don't know, you know, sometimes I used to not. I have I the same question for you. So yeah. 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 It's fine. Um, you know, you and Noah are still so connected. You're sharing a nervous system right now, you know? So you're she like in utero too, you know, you were programming her initial beliefs, mm. you know, not to guilt or shame us and make us feel bad because wherever we are in our journey, we can shift a belief yeah. and the healing goes up and down the line. So there's no space for guilt or shame. Like, oh my God, it took so long. I've, I've worked with clients who have 19 and 21 year old daughters. And she was able to heal her relationship with her daughters. Like there is, you know, every, it's divine timing. It's divine perfection. Like when you show up on this journey, that's when you are meant to show up. And everything else is ego and meant to keep us small and suffering because that's the underlying program. Right. Right. And I want to just just add a note that for listeners who maybe are fathers or identify different differently as parents or have, you know, they don't have daughters, but they have children that your work encompasses all of those forms of parenthood and, and children at all stages. That's correct. Yeah, absolutely. You know, because as a caregiver, right, we're looking at, you know, parents, um, you know, nannies, teachers, like this is a model, right? They're seeing it. it's imprinting. Imagine like all the little chicks and they see they're like adult, you know, mama chickens or whatever, you know, I don't know the words for it, but like it's all imprinting and that's just it. Yes, we are the majority imprint you know, the caregivers and at home, but it goes beyond that. What are they learning at school? What, you know, are they being honored and respected? Or are they being shamed? What's, and it's so little for something to come in, you know, like your grandmother makes one comment, uh, you know, like maybe like, oh, wow. Like, did you like put on weight? You're looking full, sweetie. And then boom, all of a sudden shame. How do you address that, that aspect, right? Because there is something to be said for like, being raised in a communal setting and like all the different perspectives one can gain from that. But then also as a parent, like you don't really have control over, you know, what the perspectives are being brought in. And so how would you address that in the work that you're doing? Yeah, I think it's a combination of trust, trusting that the foundation you are laying, the beliefs that your family has, the values that you're instilling through your boundaries. So trust and boundaries. So one, it's because when we hold on too tightly, we suffocate, right? Because what you know, control takes us down the wrong path. Anywhere right? in close, life. <laughs> exactly. We <laughs> close doors. So the control, the fear, the worry, we're not in divine truth and we're not in divine trust. But there's also putting in the work. I say like conscious parenting, you know, and I'm sure you're experiencing this and will with Noah, it takes more work up front. I for sure put more work on the front end, mm -hmm. but then like, you know, it got easier and easier and easier. And like motherhood was easy for the most part. You know, when it came to my daughter, life was intense being a solo mother and providing and wanting to be a full-time mother and all of that. Like I had my stuff, but there is, I say this not to be like, oh, she, motherhood was easy for her is we have the opportunity to expand our belief system yes. around parenthood. Yes. <laughs> you know, like it doesn't have to be hard. There is such a program 
of what people want you to believe that is then going to like create your reality. Yeah. Terrible twos. Nope. Didn't exist. Three majors. Nope. Didn't exist. Two was my probably favorite year with my daughter, you know, like every child's going to have a tantrum. Nope. My kid never did like, and just to expand. Yeah. It may happen. Divine acceptance. That may be your journey and it may not. And if you're not holding that other end of that belief spectrum, you're limiting yourself and your family and your child and you're setting them up to fail. Mm. Oh my gosh. I'm so, I just feel so good hearing personally hearing you say this and also for anyone else who I hope like feels that same bit of relief because, you know, my husband and I talk about it often. We're like, why does it have to be this way? And and that just comes from a way that we think about everything is like, why does it have to be? Um, mm-hmm. So it's just, it feels so again, critical that you are bringing these types of conversations to parents because parents are in many ways like the gatekeepers to their children's experience and the children are our future. So, I mean, that's how I see it, but I would love to now get more into your vision for the world. Like as you're going about, you know, with this work, like what do you see almost at the ideal outcome of what the world could look like through this work? Yeah. Yeah. And real quick, before I answer that, can I say one thing that I think is so powerful to what we were talking about? So in that expanding of the beliefs, We as a society, there's this undercurrent of meeting in the trauma, meeting in the drama, meeting in the everything that's not going the way you want it to go. And then the people that are living the lives of their dreams often hold back because they don't want to make other people feel bad. But we have the opportunity to not only hold space for one another when we're in the intensity, when we're in processing the trauma, when we're in those low shadow points, but to celebrate all of the, the magic in our lives and to share that and to know that that is expanding everyone else that can even see an aspect of themselves in you. And essentially, when we get deep into this work, there's an aspect of us in all, everyone, mm-hmm. you know? So like we all can give this gift of like, yeah, this is a hard time. And also like, look at this magic and this win and this celebration and this, and to raise each other up and not have to meet in the drama and the the shadow and the trauma only, if that mm. makes sense, you know, to yeah. really, and not the Instagram, put your best self first, you know, like to celebrate, man, I like celebrate this. Like I broke the cycle of abuse in my family. Yep. And to celebrate that and to shout it from the rooftops and to celebrate myself and honor myself and, and like be excited about that. Like I did that. I'm amazing. Yes. You know, and like, yeah. even when I say that, there's a little part of me of like, oh my God, I just said I'm amazing. You know, like there's still an aspect of me that feels uncomfortable doing that. Mm. And I feel like we have an opportunity to shatter that where we can be our own greatest cheerleader when all of that self-validation and self-love comes from within. And we model that in a different level in a new way, mm. Mm. Which, which really, you know, and I'll, I'll give you a moment if you want to say something before, but I was going to say it bleeds into the vision. Yeah. Well, well, one thing that comes to mind, cause I almost hear, like, I hear different voices of what people might say as they hear these things. And like, I am totally on board with you. And I also am like cognizant of, there's like a thing in our culture in the United States around like the giving an, a, a medal to every student, like everyone's a winner, everyone. And I've heard criticism around that mentality. And so I'm wondering like, 
have you heard that critique? Like, how does that fall within what you're saying? Because so I don't like when I hear you say that. I'm like, well, that that almost has nothing to do with what we're talking about because this this is within. This is celebrating who we are. This is celebrating. Wow, I came back into divine truth, into my beingness and knowingness, and I honored myself, and I had this win. I didn't have to beat anyone else. I didn't have to achieve anything. I didn't have to put myself up on a pedestal. That's the doing. What I'm talking about is the being because it's about who we are. And I feel like we have an opportunity to celebrate that. And if anything, we, we probably do celebrate what you're talking about, like the medals and the this winning. And the, yeah. Yeah. Totally. So it's, it's, it's a totally different, it's like celebrating the self-healing journey. It's celebrating coming home to ourselves and sharing that with the world so they can experience that too. Mm, yeah. What I'm hearing in that is like, it's just really about that wholeness. Like as you are, you know, and again, like, oh my gosh, if we could go on a whole tangent around the tension between the being and the doing and how much we reward doing in our culture here in the United States. And it's all about productivity and what mm-hmm. test score you get and all of this and that. So thank you for clarifying that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I teach that like in my work, how do we celebrate their beingness? You know, and one that I'll, I'll just say one simple thing is make sure as a parent, as a caregiver, you know, as a model, you are in the moments of nothingness. That is when you are expressing your greatest love to your child. So you just ate dinner, you're doing nothing. You're just sitting there enjoying like at the end of the day and you look into your child's eyes and you say, have I told you today how much I love you? Have I told you today what a joy it is to be your mother? (laughs) I love you for who you are, just as you are. Thank you for being you. They didn't do anything. They didn't achieve anything. They didn't draw anything. They didn't build anything. They just were. Mm -hmm. And for that, they are worthy of your love. Mm. And if you instill that into your child, which leads right into my vision for the world. Let's hear it. We will have a different world. We will. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to expand on that and, and share more yeah. about the vision? Yeah. You know, um, my vision for the world is that we all come back into this remembrance, that we all feel like that we are, what I just spoke to you, that we are able to say that and receive that every being on the planet because if we are in that place of being able to receive that divine love and give that divine love and know our worthiness at the core of our being we will have a different world Mm. in every single way we will have a different level of abundance for every family in the world we will have a different level of connection for every family in the world I mean our society stems from the family like we it's the families that grow into the world it's not the businesses and the corporation it's the families because from the families grow the CEOs grow the the farmers grow the advocates grow the changer you know like I believe my daughter is going to change the world. Yeah. The healthcare workers, the teachers. I'm just like, we could spew it all out. Yes. Our society. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And it stems from the family. And so 
what is happening is so much of that family wound is being played out in society. We see it in, in violence and aggression and self-sabotage and mental health and all of these things. Right. And so when, if we could come back, if we could honor the family unit in a way to give these caregivers and these parents and these families, the opportunities to come back like to their true self, to their worthiness, to know it, to never forget it, to stay in the remembrance of it. Like imagine a be- like I've been doing this work for 22 years mm-hmm. and I feel so close. So, you know, I'm like, it's like, I can taste it that like true bliss consciousness, mm-hmm. like really truly loving myself and honoring myself and removing my blockages because it's just me mm-hmm. in my own way. And this is some of the hardest work on the planet is realizing like, oh my goodness, like I chose, I chose this journey. I chose that abuse. I chose all of this. And it can be so much. And, pe- and people that, you know, like aren't quite, the people that love me so much are like, no, you didn't, don't, you couldn't have brought, and I'm like, I did. And that's okay. I'm in divine acceptance of it. Because if I think someone did that to me, that I'm a victim. And how am I whole if I'm a victim? Right. I chose it. I got to move through it. I got to heal it. And I get to experience life in this way where I have so much love in my heart and my being. Mm. And I've had moments in my life of literally not being able to access a negative thought towards another person. Yeah. (laughs) And that is where I want to live. And I've had periods of time, I've even had weeks where I saw the world in a different way. And imagine if all the leaders, all the people, everyone, and because really the leaders are like down here, but we just don't give them the credit, you know? That's where the leaders are. (laughs) But every being, you know, felt that way it would all be different. Yeah. And in what you're saying about like the victim identity, for example, we could talk about all the different forms of identities that we kind of get attached to or like stuck on. And, and like, like I've thought about this with addiction, for example, like if you're an addict, then like, there's no other space for you to be if you're, you know, whatever you are. Um, and, and so, yeah, this is like just emphasizing that point, right. About that wholeness of who we are as a person and the unlimited possibilities that exist within that. Um, and you just did a great job of painting kind of like the big, big vision of what could be possible for the world. I think that's so, it's almost like a utopia, like, wow, that would be so amazing to be a part of, and we can access it in bits and pieces now, but then what would that look like on the smaller family unit scale? Like what's the vision for the family? Because I agree with you that the family is the root of everything. So Mm -hmm. like, can we imagine now the ideal, like what that looks like, the shape of it? Yeah. Oh man. How big can we dream here? Big. (laughs) Please. (laughs) You know, we, and you know, we talked about this for a moment before we hopped on, um, our priorities are in an interesting place right now, right? We prioritize getting back to work as soon as possible. We prioritize, you know, the corporations, like the the mothers, the fathers, the parents are not supported. Like fathers, I feel like Ugh. there's like, I, we could have an entire podcast on how fathers are like put second. Thank in. you. Yes. <laughs> 
you yeah. know, and I get goosebumps. Like they are not the babysitter. They are not the stand-in. They are not the come second. There is such a way to honor everyone's role as sacred. <laughs> you know, we all have the divine masculine and the divine feminine in us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so everyone can give both aspects of that role. And yes, you know, but we also look at so many different families. Like some mothers are carrying their children. Some mothers are adopting their children. Some fathers are adopting, you know, Mm -hmm. like if we put one on a pedestal, we are, we are hurting Mm -hmm. the, the family dynamic, you know? And I speak of fathers because I don't feel like they're valued in the way we have the opportunity to value them mm-hmm. at the very beginning. And because of that, there are belief systems that get passed down in the father lineage of, oh, I'll connect with my child when they can walk. I'll connect with my child. I couldn't feel bond with them until they could talk. Like this is what we're programming into the men that are stepping, you know, into that role. And um, we have an opportunity to, to look at that, you know, and then, and then we look at the mothers, like how much pressure are we putting on the mothers to sacrifice themselves, to give everything to their child? Where are the conversations of how to nurture a relationship? If you're in partnership through the parenthood journey, Mm -hmm. there's so much. And like, where are we in society where we are pushing media and iPads on babies? And, you know, I know some people may not like my stance on it. You know, I've raised my daughter, no media. She's almost nine and she has survived with no media. We don't own a TV. We don't own an iPad. She doesn't have any screen time and she's thriving. It is not needed. We have an opportunity to come back and connect to nature and support our families so they don't feel like they have to use media, right? Because that's the programming too. But it all comes from the mindset shift. Like, oh, we're going to go do this adult thing. My kid needs to be entertained. I'm going to give them the iPad. No, what you're about to do is most likely magic for your child. (laughs) As long as you bring them in and include them and honor them and witness them and speak to them in the first person and invite them into the situation and believe that they are capable of being a part of your dynamic, beautiful family life that is uniquely yours. Like my daughter can sit through, I mean, you saw her. She came to Goddess Temple with us years ago. All adult women, totally fine sitting there. You never saw her on a phone or an iPad or anything. And no tantrum, nothing. Like she was, yeah. Nothing. She didn't even get upset. She didn't cry. Nothing. I don't even believe in tantrums. I don't use that word. It's just children having really big feelings (laughs) and asking for help in the only way they know how. Yep. Right. That is how children from birth, they cry to speak. Yes. They're speaking, (laughs) you know, and, and we have an opportunity to be okay with all the different ways that they're speaking to us. It's, it's the, it's like the foundation of being okay with all the different emotions they're going to bring to us when they grow up. I can handle your anger. I can handle your rage. I can handle your sadness. I can handle your ecstasy and your joy. And I can love you no matter what. Hmm. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I mean, I got really fired up on, on the whole conversation around like rethinking the roles of, of the parents. And part of me wants to go deeper into that because it really does start there. And I have personally, like, I've been very frustrated by this throughout my pregnancy 
and now in the early stages of parenthood because my partner, my husband, is like very much the opposite of what the programming says he should be. And he's like very present and very involved. And like Noah at times will only be calmed down by him. And like, so it's clear that there is like an energy in a role that he's playing that is so important. But we have seen time and time again that like he's excluded and, and it's like friends and family are like, what do you mean she wants you to hold her? Like, what do you mean you're staying up at night? Um, and, and so we're seeing all this like separation and division. And so I just bring that into the conversation because I feel it so personally. And I am curious, like, what what do you see as like the solution to that or like the new way that this could look? You kind of touched on it, but anything else well, there? I mean, this kind of also goes so deep into feeling like we have the opportunity to support our men as much as we support our women, right? There's so many healing circles for women and support groups for women and, you know, goddess temples and self-care work and the self-love work. And we're seeing the rise, you know, of the divine masculine and, you know, them being supported too. I was just watching this beautiful like replay from John Wineland, you know, and, um, do you know him? No, he's, um, uh, and he's in the world and does men's work. And, um, you know, I was just like, there's such an opportunity for our men to have the support too. And they brought up such a beautiful point is that right now in our society, so often when it is a male female relationship, um, or even maybe like the feminine masculine, I, my guess it goes like beyond there too. Um, that it has become the feminine's role to support the masculine on their healing journey. Mm -hmm. And that's out of alignment, mm -hmm. right? Because like uh, we are meant to support our own healing journey, right? And yes, be supported by our partner, but we also have like most women have women groups holding them. And so what's missing is like, where are the dad groups? Mm -hmm. Where are the men's groups? Where are the dad circles? Where the dad take their babies to the place? Like, totally. where is that? There is, there is like where the dads can come in place of a mom, but where's the actual containers for the dads? Where's the support for the dads? Where are the courses for? I mean, I, so my containers are like, I've had single dads. I just had a single dad go through my certification program last year. You know, I've even had a man who wanted to prepare for fatherhood, take one of my 12 week conscious parenting journeys. So he wasn't even a, a dad yet. He just wanted <laughs> to prepare, you know? So like, where's that conversation? Yeah. And right. celebrating that, right? Like what you're saying, okay, it exists. Like these are examples. So I think that's so important to highlight. Yeah. And then you spoke and, you know, I don't know if Charlie did this as well. You spoke in the beginning how like a lot of stuff came up for you when you were pregnant, which I see so often, right? Even the stuff that we thought we were like beyond it resurfaces because it's like, did you really? Did you really like, do you really have a new belief system? Did you really heal from this? Did you really evolve from this? Are you living in the embodiment of the version that you want to be now for your child that comes up so much in pregnancy, you know, and did, you know, and it doesn't need to be Charlie, but like, is the father in this scenario that we're talking about doing it as well? Are they going back and looking at their inner child, looking at their little boy, beginning to revisit the things that hurt and wounded them in childhood? Is that a part of the conversation? You know, I believe there's such an opportunity to weave this work, this work 
into the childcare, mm. the birth education. It's like mm. for nine months, and you know, I've, I've spoken about this before, for nine months, we're more or less talking about what's the baby going to need? How are you going to get the baby out? It's like, what's your relationship going to look like? How are you going to support each other? Have you looked at your shadow self? What was your childhood like? What are the beliefs that you're carrying that came from, you know, the mother line, the father line, you know, the grandparent, whatever it is, you know? Um, and no, it can all be like unique and different. I'm just like, you know, categorizing it. Um, and where is that? conversation. Like I should, most of my clients come to me between like the one to three mark, because all of a sudden there's a disruption in the family flow. The child's not listening. There's like yelling, they're hitting, they're biting blow versus come to me before you conceive. Right. Let's do the work there because it changes the conception. It changes the soul that chooses the family dynamic. It's, you know, you can elevate you know, your family's experience by the level of work that you're willing to, to do, like how deep are you willing to go, mm-hmm. you know? And then how are you supporting and nurturing your relationship? Like, have you and Charlie talked about your family values, what you want to instill in Noah, how you're going to begin doing that now you're speaking to her. So this it's already in motion. You know, you're talking to her. How are you communicating your values in your energy and your actions in your boundaries in your words? How are you setting up your home, your family flow, your relationships, your dynamics now? Mm. Yeah. And when that happens, the, the, the father, which what we're just talking about now feels that much more included versus so often it's just like, Oh, you're the mom you choose. Oh, you, you're in charge of home and I'll be work. Like let's all support one another. Like let's not have these compartmentalized things. Right. Like, you know, like we can, I mean, it's all choice as well, but when it comes to family, it, the values, this is a co-creation. If there is more than one parent in the home, it's a co-creation. And even if like me, I'm co-parenting, right? I've been a single mother for seven years. We have the same values, you know, luckily, you know, you know, gratefully we were in the same home to begin. And so we were there and I very much, even though I'm not with my partner, cause our relationship did not work, but he was a very active father as well, you know? And I believe that, you know, you and I have similarity there. Like he was the one that got up in the middle of the night and changed her diaper. And for the first, you know, few months, he would like take her when I would go on like client or consulting things and be home with her and, and working from home. Like we both, I was the bigger role because I chose that. And I wanted that, you know, in, in time, but not in value, you know, like, yeah, I put in more hours, but you know, like he was very included. We were a very like two, like co-parent even before we became separate home co-parent uh, parents for our girl. And she has a beautiful bond with her dad, you know, which is such a gift, you know, to feel like, I mean, I bet so many people can say, I mean, myself too, like emotionally, I don't know if my dad was there, you know, and it makes us wonder like, yes, I know it's his own work, but like how much space was created for him? Yeah. That's the question I always (laughs) am thinking, but, but yeah. And in all of this, it's like, what I'm reflecting on too throughout my own journey and, and what you're sharing is like, there's this dual responsibility and opportunity in parenting. Like there's a responsibility you have, I believe you have to like ask yourself these questions and do this work, but it's also the biggest gift and opportunity for your own 
journey and like life, like you're getting so much out of that when you ask yourself these questions and do this work. So, um, so I, I know we're kind of nearing the end of our time together, but I just want, wanted to touch on real quick, like, are there any stories you want to share around the impact you've seen on children, you know, of your clients or your own child, um, just through like bringing this lens and this mindset in? Oh my God. I mean, this work can, so this is such a beautiful question because People listening to this may be like, oh my God, that feels like so much. Like, you know, like I have so much trauma or I've already done so much and we're already like a yelling family. And this work can be instant. Yes, it is like an investment in time and energy. And once you start, you're going to want to keep going deeper because you're going to see the ease. You're going to see the magic. You're going to see the grace. I've had clients like they're, I mean, I'm in, I'm in my 12 week container right now. Like I just taught week seven last night and the stories from these families, like every time I teach this container are, Oh my God, my kids, like they're not crying anymore. They're listening to me. It's not a battle anymore. I don't feel numb anymore. I'm allowing, I'm releasing. I'm, I'm feel like I'm realizing I've been a people pleaser my whole life. Like it's so, and I mean, I could think of, so many and and to get to that that root of awareness of like oh my god i've been operating on someone else's belief system my whole life and it is time to take back my power reclaim my power reclaim my worthiness reclaim who i am and it can be so simple as like all of us it's it's um it's an awakening what i said in the beginning of the call it's like this divine remembrance in us and it can be something as subtle as when you slow down and you look your child in the eye and you learn to reconnect with them before you request something from them versus just go 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 and ask and then they have a meltdown because they were doing something that they didn't feel seen. They didn't feel heard. They were building a structure and then they were just asked to leave and they weren't even like valued for all this epic work they just did to build this cool block structure. And then like dad's calling them to go out the door versus like, Oh, bud, you were working on that for a while. You want to show me what you built? You know, what was that? 15 seconds. And then he responds and then say, okay, in about two minutes, it's going to be time to go to the park and you'll get your shoes on and I'll finish packing your snack and then we'll go, you know, and then you come back, but it's almost time to go. Are you finishing up? Are you wrapping up? You want me to help you get your shoes on? And like simple things like that, that don't actually come intuitively you know, because many of us come from that top-down parenting. You'll do this because I said so. You'll respect me because I said so. You'll listen to me because I said so. Versus what about you're going to listen to me because I've listened to you your whole life. You're going to respect me because I've respected you on the deepest level. That is the only energy you know in how to respect another person, you know, or you're going to, you know, want to follow the boundaries because this is what our family is about. And you see me honoring my boundaries boundaries and you see me honoring your boundaries that of course you want to honor my boundaries too, Mm, mm. you know, and, and it can also be instant, you know, I use a bunch of different modalities in my work, Psych K being one of them that can help you like instantly reprogram the subconscious mind. We are so often operating on that 95 
you know, like the subconscious mind is 95%, you know, the conscious mind is five. So we are operating on these deep programs that are running on repeat that we don't even know. So it's kind of about like looking at the recorder, you know, and it's like record and then it's play and we're like, stop. We press the stop button, we erase it and we record something new, you know, and anything is possible. I have yet to come to a family, to a situation where change did not happen. Mm -hmm. And often it happens really quickly because as soon as the belief change, it's like a rewiring. All of a sudden it's like, whoa, I don't want to do that. I don't want to talk like that. I don't want to act like that. I don't want to model that because it's a knowingness. It's inside you. It's inside me. It's inside all of us. So it's not something we need to like search for outside of us. It's just the remembrance. It's like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. It can be that easy. Yeah. It can be that simple. I'm going to allow that. I'm going to receive that. It sounds like, I mean, communication is playing such a key role, but obviously where you're, where you're communicating from starts with that belief and like where, how you're being in the situation. Um, I had another thought, but I lost it. But I did want to just touch on, you know, that inquiry that we want to leave listeners with. And you may have some folks who are parents and some folks who are not. And so, you know, what's the invitation you have for both groups there who are listening? Yeah. So Site K is for everyone. Um, And as a Site K facilitator, if you are operating on any belief system that you do not feel is serving you, Site K can help you shift and transform that to expand your belief system, right? Because when you reprogram that limiting belief into that liberating one, all of a sudden the world changes because we think it's by what we do, but it's actually by what we believe. And when our beliefs change, everything else changes, right? Like our internal world is determining what we see and how we view the external world and what comes to us a hundred percent. Like, and so until we own that as like divine beings, we will continue to play that victim role. Um, so any being on the planet can come work with me and do Psyche, especially if you're thinking about at any point becoming a parent to do the work now to so that your child doesn't have to. You know, zero to 14 in Steiner, Waldorf, where my, my daughter goes, that there's such a belief that our children are actually playing out our karma. So you'll have a lot of healers um, that won't work with children until 14 because so much of that work is the parent. And yeah. And so it can be like, it's so interesting. Like when I get a new client and they're like, my kids, this, my kids, this, my kids, this. And I'm like, okay, we'll see. You know, like when I get the parent early on, that's like, I know there's something going on with me. I'm like, okay, they're ready. The other category they get there because then it's like, oh my God, I see my role. I see how I co-created that. I see how I signed on that contract. I see how I signed that agreement because that is what we're doing in every relationship on the planet. Like when you and Charlie got together, what you did initially in the beginning, you're, you're, you're forming nonverbal agreements. Party A does this, party B does this, agreement formed. And we do this with our children too. And so when we go to change something, we have to honor what the agreement was. Hey, I know this is what was going on. This is no longer working for me. Are you available for this? Yeah. Same goes with our children. If we just change a boundary, change a limit, you know, and, and don't honor like, Hey, yeah, I know I used to let you jump on the couch. And now I'm saying, I don't want 
us to jump on. I don't want you to jump on the furniture. Like you're changing the agreement. They get to be upset about it. You know, like that's the whole part of boundaries. Yes. You follow through. Yes. You honor it, but they get to feel however they want. And parents want to control the way children feel and respond to what they say, because they often feel uncomfortable with their own emotional body. Mm. And this is where we set our children free, which we didn't talk about, but the two greatest ways to set our children free to cultivate their creativity, independent play and magic, and to allow the freedom of their emotional body and expression. That is where they can have the greatest amount of freedom. We set the boundaries, we set bedtime, we show up as their conscious, like confident, clear leader, parent, you know, and then we give them that as much freedom as possible in those spaces. And I teach about that too. So parents, they can come work with me privately. Um, in regular conscious parenting coaching, um, in Psych K, um, I offer a 12 week conscious parenting program, which the first four weeks we dive into like a masterclass on healthy boundaries, personal boundaries, family boundaries, communicating boundaries, big emotions around boundaries. And then the rest of the 12 week containers, so much about what we talked about, like what is a conscious parent, inner child work, wholeness, communication, triggers, boundaries, big feelings, the brain, the nervous system, independent play, like all of that. So I have that 12 week container. I also, and that's a prerequisite for, I certify now, I just started my, I just, my first set of graduates graduated last year. I certify other conscious parenting coaches now. Um, And so that is either for the parent that wants to go so deep into their healing journey, like through that program, if you want to, you can set yourself free. Like it is the deep forgiveness work is the deep reprogramming. It is looking at the familiar lines. It is looking at all the different belief systems and like really choosing to heal yourself. And so the 12 week course is a prerequisite to the three month certification program. So I have that as well. Um, I'll be hosting a retreat in Mount Shasta in June of 2023. So you can come do the work live up in the mountains. I'll be up there for three weeks this summer sitting and um, learning from the land. So I'm actually going to do like a personal retreat there to work with the land so that I can bring this work and the divine mama Shasta through. Um, and yeah, I think, I think those are all the ways to work with me and find me. I put a lot of free content on Instagram, on Wellyness, even though I'm taking a little, little breather this summer because healthy boundaries, yep. you know, <laughs> solo mama, healthy boundaries. Um, yeah, but I'm coaching all summer, so I'm available for that. Wow. Well, thank you for all of the ways that you are showing up and providing support to parents, to their children, to our world, really. Um, mm-hmm. And is there any way that we can support you aside from the from the work that you're doing? Anything else? Oh, my goodness. Just commit to doing, like for all of us to commit to our own healing journey. That's the greatest work all of us can do on the planet. Because if everyone did that. Yeah. Different world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, you know, and to support each other on the self-healing journey, you know, like, yeah, we're our greatest cheerleader, but I want to be your cheerleader. I want to be Charlie's cheerleader. You know, I'm my girl's cheerleader, you know, and the more we give to ourselves, the more we have to give to all other beings. You know, Mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, I know that I'm here on this planet to serve and my opportunity is to find the greatest ways that I get to serve while I'm here. Mm. Amazing. 
Well, thank you again for your time and for all of this inspiration. And I hope that anyone listening to this found that remembrance. <laughs> I know I did. And yeah, thank you again. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Founding Mothers podcast. This podcast is produced and hosted by me, Emily Race, and edited by Eric Weisberg. If you want to support the show, please leave us a rating or share this episode with the important people in your life. We'd also love to hear from you if you or someone you know would be a great guest to share about their vision for the world. You can email emily at founding-mothers.com or visit www.founding-mothers.com slash podcast. 